just forget that, don't I? Um, last Sunday was amazing, wasn't it? I'll tell you what, I've heard people talk about that last Sunday, and, and I'm glad to see our new members here, and uh, you're still, um, not still, but you're praising God and, and coming and attending. Um, we even had uh, Jax, uh, he came forward, he wanted to know about salvation, got to lead him to the Lord. We're going to have baptism on the 31st. Uh, that's when his mom will be off work and she can come, a lot of the family is coming, so uh, I want you to know about that. So if you're here today and you've not been baptized, you want to be baptized, uh, the 31st would be a great time. So see me after the church today and we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, there are just some things in life that are amazing. You see the title of our message today, um, I'm still amazed. I'm amazed at God's creation. I don't know about you, but I, I've been to a few places. I've not been a whole lot, but the few places I've been have really amazed me about God. I remember the first time my family, we went to the mountains. The kids were still little. And I'm a, I'm a guy born, raised in Florida, you know, flat Florida. We do have Mount Dora, but wasn't really as high as the balcony. But um, we, uh, I got there, and I, I was just so taken by those mountains. Every time there was a little turnoff, I had to stop and get out and, and just look at God's creation. And then one day we got to visit the Rockies. <laughs> Made them look like foothills, boy. I, I, was, I was just blown away by, by God's creation in that. And then uh, several years ago, we were out in a, a cruise, out in the middle of the ocean somewhere, and I looked at the screen they have everywhere. We were in 20,000 feet of water. I mean, and God, God spoke that into existence, it, just his word. All of that came to be. We've been to places like Niagara Falls and Rock City and uh, Ruby Falls, all these great places of, of God's creation, and I just stand in awe of, of his amazing creation. Beloved, whether you're standing in a valley, looking up at a mountain or, or on top of a mountain, looking down over the valley, whether you're watching a beautiful sunrise or sunset or out, out, in the, out at night and looking up at the stars and seeing how God has created such amazing things. I, I hope that you do it with awe because of his great creation. But there are some things in life that I was once amazed at that really doesn't have a thrill for me anymore. 25 or more years ago, um, there was advertising for flat screen TVs, $20,000 for a television. I could never afford one. It was just a dream. I was amazed. Now I got four or five of them. I think I still have one in a box somewhere, you know, didn't even open it up. I'm not amazed at those anymore. They're just not all that big of a deal. When you were a kid, you were amazed at looking at adults. They get to do what they want. They get to buy things and do things, and, and you just couldn't wait to be an adult, and then you grew up. And you had to get a job, and you had to pay the mortgage, and you had to pay the electric bill. Now all you want to do is wish you were a kid again. Sometimes there are things that once amaze us that in reality isn't a, a thrill anymore. But I'm here to tell you, <clears throat> the things of God still amaze me. They are still a thrill. When I think of all that Jesus Christ is and what he means and what he has done... I'm absolutely amazed at God. Um, we're going to look at T Titus 
chapter 3. And I'm just going to read a few verses, but I'm going to invite you to stand with me as we read Titus chapter 3 and verses 3 through 8. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hatred by, hated by others, and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing and regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. We ask that you would, by your Holy Spirit, teach us out of this portion of scripture today as we stand amazed in your presence. God, I pray that you would open our eyes that we might behold wonderful truths. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I'm gonna share some things this morning that, that just still amaze me about our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Number one, I'm still amazed at God's love. It's just the most wonderful thing. He says in our text that we were once foolish, we were disobedient, we were led astray, we were slaves to our various pleasures and, and uh, passions, passing our days into mal in malice and envy, hated by others, hating one another. But then verse 3 says, verse 4 says, but after that. You see, then the kindness and love of God toward man appeared. Sometimes we're hard to love. You, you, am I right? I mean, not, we're not always that wonderful, lovable brother Bill that you see all the time. <laughs> right, honey? <laughs> she going, mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we are. We're just hard to love. I, but I'm so thankful that there are people who possess unconditional love for me. My, my wife, we've been married 41 years. I, she still loves me. Not yet again. Yeah. <laughs> she still loves me. It's amazing how family can love you even though they know you so well. I got good news for you. God knows you even better than your family. God knows you better than you know yourself. And God still loves you. He knows your actions. He knows your thoughts. He knows the things that you have done. He knows what you're going to do. And knowing all this, he loves you anyway. That is absolutely amazing. Verse 3, Paul is giving us a picture of our old self, the old man. And he describes us as being foolish. Now that's not like jumping out of a perfectly good airplane. That's foolish in my eyes. But this was a word that actually means to be without understanding. You see, before we were saved, we were ignorant of the things concerning God. We were foolish. We were disobedient. We didn't obey. 
the word of God. We were led astray. That means deceived. In fact, it means to be continually led astray deeper and deeper into sin. He said that in that, in that previous life, before we were saved, we were slaves to our various passions and pleasures. In other words, we were self-serving. We were looking out for number one and, and number one only. Living in malice, that refers to an evil lifestyle. Envious, always wanting more, more for me, more for me, more for me. And all of that causes us to be hated by others. We don't want to be around a person that is self-centered, egotistical. We, we, we're hated by people when we act that way. And then when we're hated by others, he tells us that we were hating one another. We were not walking in love for other people. But then notice what Paul says, after all of that, in verse 4, he said, after all of that, the kindness and the love of God appeared. This means that in spite of who we once were, God chose to love us. In Romans 5, 8, it says, but God shows his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. How awesome is that? That God knows us, yet loves us enough to send his one and only son to die on the cross of Calvary. Isn't God's love amazing? But there's more to it. Uh, there, I'm amazed at God's salvation for mankind. Look with me again at verse 5. He saved us. It says there, not by works that we have done in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing, the regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Now, Webster's Dictionary defines salvation as rescue from harm, destruction, or danger. We get that, don't we? We see that in the newspaper. You know, a policeman sees a man in a burning car and, and pulls him out. The newspaper the next day says, police officer saves man from burning car. We get that. That's exactly what that word means, to rescue from harm, destruction, and danger. That is what God did for us through his son, by the sacrifice that Jesus made. You see, there was a great penalty for sin. And God sent Jesus to pay that sin debt for us so that he could save us, so that we could have a relationship with him. Before that, we were destined for hell. We were all those things he told us in verse 3. But Jesus came and he made a way of escape for us. If you notice in verse 5 and 6, there's a, a, a picture of what he's done for us for salvation. See, we were lost and he saved us. We were defiled, that means dirty, corrupt, and he washed us. We were the ones who were dead and he makes us alive by a regeneration. That means a renewal. In fact, the word regeneration comes from the word to be regened. Our whole DNA is changed. Our whole background is changed. Our, our future is changed. We are made alive, a new creation in Christ. We were emptied and he filled us with his spirit. Beloved, salvation 
is free, but it isn't cheap. It came at a great cost. God the Father had to send his son. His son came and lived a perfect life and, and died as a sacrifice for my sin. That's why verse 6 says that he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. If you were to take a look at the cross, then you will see much reason, many, many things to, to see how amazing our salvation is. Because on that cross was not a man. On that cross at Calvary was God himself who had come and veiled the glory in flesh. He lived among us. He was the only one who did no wrong, and yet he suffered for everyone else who did wrong. And when you think of the mistreatment that happened, the mocking, the scourging, the humiliation that he endured, it's amazing that he went through with that. It's amazing that he didn't call an end to what they were doing to him. It's mostly amazing because he did it for people like me, sinners. Now, not only am I amazed at salvation, I'm also amazed at the elements of salvation. The third thing I want to talk about is how amazing is God's grace. I mean, his mercy, God's mercy. It's amazing that, that he, in his love, came and died, but he did it because of his mercy. Not because of works, verse 5 says, done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. Because of God's mercy toward us, we did not receive the punishment that we were due. He took it upon himself. Each and every person here today who is born again, you have experienced the mercy of God. Not because we live good enough, we can't. We can't live good enough. Our works are as filthy rags before him. But we are saved and we are delivered from that punishment. And the reason is because of his amazing grace. Works done by us in righteousness could not do it. But according to his own mercy. Maybe you're trying to get to heaven based on the fact that you live a pretty good life. I mean, compared to some of the other people around you. Oh, not here in the church, but I mean, you know, that you work with. Um, you do pretty good. You, you've done a lot of good things. You've given a lot of things to other people and helped them out. Beloved, this verse proves that we will never be qualified on our own. You can't get to heaven by your own works. But God, in his mercy, has made a way through his son. And this mercy is available to everyone. That's not all. Not only is his mercy amazing, this text tells us that his grace is also an amazing grace. Verse 7, being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. While mercy is not receiving what we deserve, grace is us receiving what we did not deserve. Grace is the unmerited favor of God. Our works will never be enough. But by his grace, that's more than sufficient. By his grace, God pardons all our sin. And that's an amazing thing. 
If God had just delivered us from sin, if God had just delivered us from hell, that would have been much more than we could ever ask and much more than we would ever deserve. But he went further than that. He not only came and delivered us from our sin and freed us from hell, he made us his child. We are his, the children of God. He's our heavenly father. And to top that off, he said that he will live, we will live with him forever. When it comes to God's love, his salvation, his mercy, his grace, it's absolutely amazing. God took everything that we have done and he wrapped it up in himself. And he gave us grace. He gave us mercy. He gave us his love. All the things that we have done, he placed upon his son Jesus on that cross. And that's why I want to end today by talking about how amazed I am at his son, Jesus Christ. The most amazing thing in this world is the person of Jesus Christ. Above everything else I've said today, the most amazing thing is Jesus. That's the one he poured out richly upon us through Jesus Christ our Lord. The name of Jesus is amazing. You know, the Bible says in, in Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name given uh, under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The Bible tells us that one day every knee will bow to the name of Jesus. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Think about what Jesus endured for our salvation what he endured because of god's love for us he he left the glory of heaven came to this earth robed his glory in the flesh and became the ultimate sacrifice for sin I, i'm amazed that jesus would accept the manger and trade that kingly throne that he sat upon i'm amazed that he would trade the streets of gold of heaven for the dusty roads of galilee it's amazing to me that he would leave the glory and take on the cross. Everything about Jesus is amazing. We, we're going to be you know, getting ready for Christmas, and that's where we are reminded that Jesus was born of a virgin. Wow. That just will blow your mind. Not only that, but he lived a sinless life, his entire life. I can't go an hour without failing in his ministry, he taught with authority. He healed the sick. He cleansed the leper. He caused the blind to see, the deaf to hear, the dumb to speak, the lame to walk. He cast out demons, and he raised people from the dead. Then he laid down his life. After living that perfect life, that wonderful life, that giving life, he then laid that life down on the cross and paid the ultimate sacrifice. He rose from the grave. He ascended to heaven. He has sat down at the right hand of God the Father, providing that atonement for our sin. And he sits there today praying in intercession for us. Jesus forgave us of our sins, saved our soul from hell, changed our lives, provided eternal life. Then he goes and prepares a place for us that where he is, we may be also, that we could spend eternity with him there. 
In his death, burial, resurrection, Jesus defeated sin, death, hell, and the grave. And soon, you've been watching the news, pretty soon, he's going to split that eastern sky. He's going to have the shout, voice of the archangel. The trump of God is going to cry out. He's going to call us home. We're going to rise up out of this world soon and very soon. I know you played that last week, but I should have called you. We're going to come out of this place. We're going to rise up and meet him in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And beloved, all that is just a few of the reasons that God's son is so amazing. But here's what I've really come to ask today. Are you still amazed about Jesus? Unfortunately, it seems that a lot of professing Christians have simply gotten over it. You know, I suppose if you lived in the mountains long enough, you forget that they're there, and, you know, except for the driving up and down and cutbacks and all that. But, you know, you go out to the front yard, you mow the grass, and you don't look up and see the mountains anymore. I guess if you've lived in the Caribbeans long enough that, that you forget how beautiful those waters are with all the turquoise and blues and greens. But I hope, I pray that we never get over Jesus and how amazing he is. As you look at your life, you know, when you examine your actions, you examine your priorities, does it seem that the thrill of knowing Jesus is gone? I believe if we were still amazed by Jesus, it would be apparent in our life. You will follow what he said. You'll do the things that he proclaimed. You will love him and keep his commandments. You will love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. You will love your neighbor as yourself. If you are still amazed at the Lord, you will not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. You will show up to church regularly. You'll give to the Lord. Give of your time, of your talents, of your treasures. You'll talk with him in prayer every day. You can't wait to get up in the morning to, to just say, good morning, Jesus. Thanking him for what he's going to do for you today. You, you'll have a time where you'll stop and you'll listen to him as you read his word. And you'll say, speak to me, Jesus. I ask you to examine your life. Do these actions, these attributes, do they describe you? Are you still amazed by Jesus? I hope I've given you some things to bring to remembrance of all that he has done. Look at what he's done for you. Don't go out of this place without worshiping him for all of these things. Shouldn't all these things make us want to live for him? And listen, I know I fall short every day. But because of his great love, he's ready to pick me back up. He's ready to put me back on the path. His mercy is there every time to make sure that I don't get what I deserve. His grace is there extended to me that I don't get what I don't deserve. He forgives. He doesn't remember our sins anymore. That's an amazing Savior. That's an amazing God.
If you're here today and you've never met Jesus, I, I hope you understand that it is through Jesus that we can be saved and only through him. I hope that you understand that he came to, to make a way for you to experience a, a relationship with God, to realize God's love, his mercy, his grace, his salvation. Don't base your eternity on what you can do. Don't base your eternity on the things that you have done, but put your faith, your hope, your trust in Jesus and, and into what he's already done. And you can come to the Savior today, right here and right now. You can know him. You can ask him into your life. Just pray and ask him to forgive you of your sin. He gave his life so that you could have a relationship with him. Will you come to him today? With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you to think this morning, if you're here and you're lost, I want you to know how much God loves you. As we said in this message, he, he came while you were yet a sinner. He's already done the work for you. But he asked that you would just confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, that you would believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead and that you can be saved too. You can do that where you're seated right now just by making this your prayer. Say to him, dear Jesus, I ask that you would forgive me of all my sin. Come into my heart. Come into my life. And I trust you, Jesus, to take me to heaven when I die. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. With every head still bowed and every eye closed, if you prayed that prayer with me this morning, I want you to raise your hand, let me see it, and then you can put it down. I'm not going to call you out. I'm just wanting to pray for you. So hold it up. Let me see. God bless you. I see these hands. Yes. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Yes, God bless you. I see that in the back. Amen. Heavenly Father, as we, we see these hands, we know that you have done a mighty work in their heart and in their life today. I pray that you would lead them, guide them, direct them now. God, as we have this time of invitation, your Holy Spirit would encourage them to come and make what they've done in private known publicly. God, that you administer your grace to them and mercy to them this day. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you have done, all that you are. And, and as we close today, we worship you, O oh God, because you are a good God, a great God, an amazing God. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to have a hymn of invitation. And if you'd like to make that...